Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are the Hairy Bikers. I'm Dave. And I'm Sai. And it's time once again for us to magically transform into the Agony Uncles. Your caring, sharing, hairy balls of wisdom. (laughs) Hairy balls. Between us, we'll help you with your worries because sometimes you never know what life's going to throw at you. Well, chances are it's already thrown it at us, you know. When sliding down the banister of life, we've all had splinters in our bum. Anyway, we'll do our best to help you on the path to happiness. Oh, yes. Yes, if life comes and piddles in your kettle, email us. The Agony Uncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. So, kettle piddling at... No. The Agony Uncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. Posing the problems today, it's Jeeves. Hello. Nice to see everybody. Several people got in touch this week about a couple of things. One was uh, Sai's appearance on Michael McIntyre, which which, uh, were you really up at like two in the morning to do that? Yes. Yes. (laughs) The most bizarre, bizarre thing in my life I've ever done. And Dave and I have done some mad shit, but that was, the dude was asleep, man. For those who didn't see it, this, this was surprising Chris Ramsey. Uh, at two in the morning and getting him to do something weird. Make a sausage roll in bed. I mean, what? That's entertainment. <laughs> Aye. A lot of enjoyment, so uh, that was good. And plenty of problems coming your way today. And she's, well, it is. It's, she really does have diamonds on the soles of her shoes. She is Posh Tash. Morning, good morning. Morning, morning, Morning. morning. I have to say it was morning for me at 2.30am last night because I got a little one that wasn't very well and couldn't breathe. So I've been up now, I think, for a good mm, eight or so hours. I haven't yet slept. So um, if wow. I'm a jaded, a jaded problem solver today, that's me. Oh, God. Is he all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he just he struggles with breathing. When he get, anywhere, everyone else gets a cold, he <clears> decides to go full... Full, let's not be able to breathe. So we just have to sit up all night and keep him upright and give oh, him inhalers. But it's oh, fine. But now, daylight, you know, he's a bit like, oh, off school. I'll go and sit in the living room and play Nintendo. He's like a pig in shit, to be honest. And I'm sitting here going, dear God, someone get me a coffee. <laughs> oh, the poor loves. Poor loves. And you've been solving problems already. So, well, you're winning the swing of it. Yes, indeed. Well, it's we're here, all of us in one place, coffee or not. Dave, let's get solving, mate. Wingle your jingly jingling finger. Here goes. Bong! Oh, a decisive one today. I like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. A power bong. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Because I heard your advice is the best. So, in this week's episode of The Agony Uncles, Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and the poshest of Tashes, you'll be passing judgment and justice on these issues and worries. We have the air fryer dilemma. We have I've bent his thingy. We have tattoo 
or not tattoo. And we have my boozy best friend in Confidential Corner. But we're going to start off with the air fryer dilemma. This comes in from Lynn, who says, Hello, Sai. Hello, Dave. Hello, TWD, which I think is me. And Posh Tash, can you help with my dilemma? My husband wants us to buy an air fryer, but I'm undecided. He says it'll save us money in the long run, healthier way of cooking, etc. But I feel they're a bit of a fad. And when fuel prices come down again, it would be a redundant item on the kitchen bench. Now, we're lucky in that we've got space for one and that the cost isn't an issue. So what's all your thoughts, please? He does the cooking. I'm the washer up. So do I just keep him sweet? Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. From Lynn, over to you. I am pro air fryer. I've got one and I use it because I like eating chips and I do use it for chips. But I've tried all types of recipes on the internet, doing the perfect chips from blanching them. I even bought an old fashioned crinkle cutter to get a greater surface area on my chip. Because the idea of eating chips with say a tablespoon of olive oil for two people does seem attractive. It works, but it's not like chips. It's still a little bit not like chips. But actually on a day-to-day -day basis, like the other night, it was really clean. It doesn't stink the house out. And I had ham, egg and chips with brown sauce. It was quick, it was lovely, and it worked. And it's great for fried chicken as well, or not for fried chicken. I, I, I've only ever made chips, <laughs> I've got to say. Dave's, Dave's way more, more experimental on the air fryer front. They're great for chips, and as you say, it, 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 like, it can, kind of takes the guilt away from making chips. But like as Dave says, they're not really like chips. They no. are chips, but they're not really. So I just think, look, you know, it's worth buying one. And, 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 and we actually do one in the Hairy Bikers range, you know. So it's, yeah, we it's, do. It's, 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 and they're very, it's very good. Yeah, I've forgotten that because I, maybe I should get one. Because I have to say, I think it's a bit of a fad, personally, because I found that at Christmas, everybody got an air fryer. Every, everywhere I went, if you went for Christmas drinks, they were sticking the volavons in there. They were sticking the so, you know, sausage rolls in there. Then the mince mm. pies went in and then you go for dinner and then they put the chips in and then I, and everyone's going, oh, you haven't got one. Oh, Tash, not an air. Oh, you must get one. And I'm becoming a little bit like, I don't want one. I don't yeah. want one. <laughs> yeah, well, that one. That's you all over that, though, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, right. Well, if you've got one, I'm not having it. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit like that. The good as well, the good as well for um, the extraction in my kitchen isn't that great. So things like for bacon, for me, bacon butty, right. you know, I just lay the bacon on the my pans and put it in, and in about kind of a couple of minutes, I've got perfectly cooked bacon. Oh, wow. Uh, without stinking the house out. Um, and stuff like that, I think, is, you know, they can do an awful lot more. Certainly, and I've done with it. The bacon fat's dripping somewhere. Do yes. you then have to have this sort of clean out of the whole bottom of it before you could then, say, put the mince pie in or what, whatever else you want to yeah, put Yeah, but the, the one I've in. got is like two trays, and all I do is right. pull the tray out and give it a rinse. It's non-stick, and that's it. That's quite Squirt easy. Squirt a washing up liquid, and job's a good one. Oh, you could just take a slice of bread and dip it in the fat that's come out of your bacon. Oh, yes. <laughs> Only you, Si. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you dip her as well, don't you? Yeah, exactly, dude. You know, that's kind of, you know, nice. I think it's true, though. I think most people buy them and cook chips. Yeah. Honestly, every single person mm. I know, there's a there's a mutual friend of ours, Kev McNestry. All he's ever done is cook chips in it. He goes, well, that's what it's for, isn't it? And I said, no, there's loads of things you can do with it. Read the instructions. And he's like, yeah. I goes, have you made anything else in the fryer? No, chips. Every everybody I know just makes yeah. chips. 
I think that's the obvious, but I do think there are other people out there experimenting. Uh, but I get yeah. a bit sort of like, I imagine there'll be children growing up going, uh, you know, ask them in 10 years time, what did you have for dinner, mum? Mum goes, oh, she air fried everything. Everything went in the air fryer. No one will ever know what a frying pan and oven looks like because everyone seems to, I'd, honestly, my friends, they go, we air fried dinner tonight. We'll come over, we'll pop it in the air fryer. Oh. See, I got into mine because really I've got to face the fact that in the summer, one is going to have to turn one's five oven agar off Owing to the fact that 40 degrees, the kitchen is like something, it's hellhole. And um, you know, obviously the, the cost of keeping this, the, this Leviathan going in the summer is just wrong. Yeah. So, so basically we decided it's going off at Easter and coming back on in September. Because the heat's nice, I can get that. Uh, but it does mean that um, I won't have an oven, which as a cook could be quite a handicap really. So I'll see how I get on, really. And I'm hoping that the air fryer I can use for some of those purposes. You'll become the air fryer king. Yeah, but I can't see myself knocking out a nice sourdough loaf, though. Mm. Bread maker. Yeah, which I hear bikers do do a good bread maker, too, to be fair, actually. It's very cheap. Um, yeah, we see, I, I quite like my bread maker. Convenience is good. If the machinery helps you cook more natural food, I mean, in a slightly unnatural way. Yeah, I agree. The other thing is, it is space because I don't have the biggest kitchen. So once you've got the bread maker, the, the kitchen aid or the mixer, whatever, you've got the air fryer, you don't really have lots of surface space. Or if you don't have the surface space, you've then got to have the cupboard space. But so... I thought you'd have a back kitchen for all your appliances. That's what posh people do. <laughs> well, I thought you had. Uh, I thought you had a servants' quarters. All of that. I mean, this is this is crumbling the image here, Tash. No, but I can do masterpieces in my small kitchen. Masterpieces. Well, of course you can. Right, when's the invite then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, <you're, laughs> I don't think I'd fit you all in the kitchen. <laughs> not, we don't want to go in the kitchen. We want to go around the dining table, Tash. <laughs> well, I've got a big dining table. I just haven't got a very big kitchen. I've got all the friends, but nothing to serve them. Like Nigella Lawson, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all fairy lights and... Sexy moves, that's me. <laughs> yeah, have you got a serving hatch, Tash? Yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it, Mark? Serving hatch. No, I used to. I grew up with the serving hatch. Not that we used it. I mean, only because we had a house like it. But, yeah. we def but that was a very 1970s, 80s thing, yeah. when your mum would just open the little hatch from the kitchen into the dining and room. food would come out. Yeah, yeah, we don't do dining rooms so much nowadays, though, do we? We have these big open-plan kitchens, so yeah. it's all yeah. in one space. But yes, I do I did grow up for one of those. Yeah, serving hatches on those. I don't know, it was... Oh, oh, like, I grew up in a council house, and council houses always had serving hatches. Yeah. I think it was almost been like an optional extra <laughs> from the council. You know, it saved, saved your mother's legs, didn't it? You know? You could pretend to be on the telly, though, with your mates. You know? You could go, yeah. go in the kitchen and be on telly. <laughs> I had a serving hatch, it was called a door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Kingy, you had a hostess trolley. I know oh, you would have told me. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, me mama had this. Me mama had this. Uh, it was a trolley that you wheeled stuff around the house in. <laughs> in, a, in a council house in Portmead. It was ridiculous. So I had this. Had this trolley, and I made uh, sandwiches when I'd, I'd just go to the kitchen and make sandwiches when, like, you know, me mum's friends would arrive. And uh, I was uh, I had the hostess trolley. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't a proper one that heated stuff, you know, or out like that. It was just like, you know, a trolley. Yeah, your, your mother told me once how a little Si would come in with a trolley loaded full of sandwiches and wheel Aww. them round for the guests. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. sweet. Uh, I want to serve food. Oh, My mum's still got that heated trolley 
and, I, and we haven't got the hat. She's still got it. And I already find it so funny at Christmas. It does Christmas food. It comes out, goes in the heated trolley. Within two seconds, it's open again. It's on the table. It's like a, a pointless midpoint of putting Point, the dishes yeah. down. It doesn't stay in there that long. It's, it's, just get it out the trolley now. And it's like a serving moment, a real 19th Oh, it's so moment. cool, though. It's so cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, God love them. Yeah, it is a complete pointless midpoint. Just put them in the serving dishes and stick yeah. it on the table. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's great. I did, I did buy the other day in, in a junk shop. Apparently, I could coming back in fashion is a drinks trolley oh nice and it's kind of got a handle and wheels so i'm trying to keep me like the, the whiskey and the brandy bits on my drinks trolley and um you oh. know it was lil that she saw it and i thought you can't buy that it's so common and vulgar <laughs> and then I looked it up that they were trendy again yeah we must have that love and um <laughs> so yeah it's quite camp and funny I like um, Lil. I did the same. I actually found one on the street and upcycled it, an old wooden one. And I've got all my glasses on one and all the drinks underneath. And a funky no, that's called a shopping trolley that somebody's bailed out on. They'll <laughs> <laughs> Tesco on it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't joke, because I actually have got a supermarket basket in my bathroom that I keep all my towels in, because I think it looks cool. <laughs> oh, which supermarket? Oh, they're not orange handles. We know it's not Sainsbury's. Don't know where else. Waitrose, surely. I've always wanted one of those. You know the atlases that you saw in period, not the atlases, the um, the globes. Uh, or the drinks cabinets. Yeah, and they were like, oh, man, they look really cool. Always Basil Rathbone always had one knocking about. It was, oh, loved it. Well, do you want the globe or do you want the globe that converts into a drinks cabinet? Oh, yeah, the globe that converts into a drinks cabinet. They come up now and again. You see them. Yeah, uh, it, it's not any other reason, dude. I've got nowhere, nowhere to put it. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's I'm not going to it <laughs> in the shed. <laughs> Let's uh, wrap this up, thank you, with, uh, as we've gone through quite a few of different uh, sort of kitchen fads. Air yes. fryer, is it a fad? Let's start with you, uh, Uncle Si. Uh, no, it's not a fad because the price of fuel is never going to come down, so she needs to get her head around two things. Buy the air fryer for your husband, and uh, the price of fuel is never going to come down. Fair enough. Uncle Dave? I agree entirely, yeah, and reduce your, it does reduce the fats that you're using in the cooking, which can only lead to a healthier lifestyle. And posh tash. No, it's a fad. It'll end up getting dust in the, in the cupboard one day and you'll regret it. Turn the oven on. <laughs> Somebody's been up since two o'clock this morning. Yeah, yeah, um, she? Good bloody hell. Food makes, makes everything better. OK, it's time for our next problem. It's called I've Bent His Thingy. And it requires a lady's name. And I think there's only one person that we can ask for a name is Grumpy Tash. Uh, let's see <laughs> what, what, we can, what you can do for us with a lady's name, please. Lady's name, Grumpy yes. Tash. Um, Rose. Rose, right. Do you know yeah. why I said that? Because I'm staring at a bunch of flowers and there isn't a single rose in the bunch of flowers, but I couldn't <laughs> name any of them, so I had to say Rose. Oh, well, Rose or Hyacinth. We'll go with Rose. Dear Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, says Rose, I reversed the car into the garage too quickly and I backed it into my husband's motorbike. It's a big one and I had to ask my best friend's husband to come and help me pick it up. He said it's a really nice one. An Indian or an Indian thingy? Yes. Anyway, it's got a few bent bits now where it fell over, but I don't want to admit what I did to my hubby. So I've got my best friend's husband to swear to secrecy and my own fella won't ride it until the summer. 
so what are the chances I'm going to get away with this? Do bits of motorbikes just wear out and fall off? Will he think it's just naturally falling apart? Any other ideas, please, on what excuses I could use if he asked me about it? I've bought all your books, so in return, can you offer me a biker's excuse, please? Asks Rose. Over to you. Um, no. No. <laughs> no. Uh, you, you, you're just going to have to tell him that you've reversed the car into it because if he's fastidious about his bike, and he obviously knows him because he's chosen an Indian over a Harley Davidson if he's into that sort of thing, uh, yeah, she's going to have to get it fixed and come clean. Ah. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rose, but there is no other answer. Yeah, I think by showing willing, actually just organising to get it fixed. Stick your hands up. I yeah. bent your bike. I've organised it. They're going to be picked up. It's going to come back to you. So it's perfect for the summer. And, um, you know, I, I think yeah. the finances are relevant. You should take that on board, really. I've got to tell you, I, the second day a few years ago when Lil got a new car, I did open the door in a car park and dint the door. And it was two days old, the car. And the only unfortunate thing is she was with me in it. Now, I would have lied, actually, had I got away with it myself, to be fair. I would have gone, some in a car park has done this. But obviously she was in the car too, so I was stuffed, really. But she never let me forget that. Mm. Yeah, do you know what? I did, I'm really not, I pride myself on being quite a good driver. And, and I don't like it when women drivers let you down. So I always been quite proud uh, that I can, I do well and I don't have accidents. I've never really crashed the car. A bollard jumped out at me when I was about 19. <laughs> I know that. And annoyingly last week, last Wednesday, a tree also jumped out at me at the back of the car. Um, but I was just reversing in a car park and uh, our, our car is a year old or so, we've got an electric car. And um, my husband had just literally an hour before brought it back from the garage where there'd been a rattle in the boot. And off I drove in very rainy circumstances, I'll be honest. And I went to park it and this tree just came out of nowhere behind and stuck a dent in the back of the car. And Do it you know, it's, it's wrong, Tash, because those trees that have legs are a yeah. bloody nuisance. That's all they are. They just uproot. You don't yeah. know where they're going to go willy-nilly across the car park and smash into your car. It's yeah, unbelievable. I know, Next I didn't know we had them around here. Next yeah. step, triffids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And plants start to walk and abuse your vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> what I pinch did though. Know... Pinch your children, your shopping. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be nice. <laughs> oh, we've had some ones with bikes, actually. Obviously, over the years, you know, we're looking, people have said to us on the bikers, so are they your own bikes? Well, no, we're not daft. Um, no, and it's BBC, so we, it, it, you know, in the commercial world, we could be sponsored and make vast amounts of money. And to be fair, then we'd ride anything. But, um, but no, we've got choice over the bikes and the kind of a nominal rents paid by the BBC for like a press bike. So it means we can change all the time and have a bit of fun. But we've, we have sent some of the bikes back in a sorry old state that you've never... <laughs> Do you remember that time, Kingy, that, that my bike was parked in a hotel and uh, she was a home at called Janet Brinkworth. She knows who she is. Anyway... It was a beautiful, it was a triumph. It was on Food Tour of Britain and a seagull had pooed all over it like in spectacular fashion. Anyway, <laughs> yes. she decided to clean it all off with a scouring pad. Oh, <gasps> God. No. Yes. Explain that when you took it back to Triumph dealership. <laughs> I don't know what's happened. Oh, I haven't a no. clue. Well, mind you, those bikes with... 
they, they, they blew over, didn't they, once? Do you remember the weather was that bad? Gosh. They both blew over outside yeah, the that hotel. Was a, that was rough. That was a rough shoot, that man. Yeah. Oh, it was great fun, but my God, the weather was shocking. Shocking. The worst winter we'd had in, like, 10 years and me, Dave and I were the, literally the only two bikes on the road oh, we never saw God. another bike there for, for three months Jan- <laughs> January February March they were all like who are those two idiots did 15,000 <laughs> miles that winter and people say do you actually ride the bikes and I think one of the worst trips was it was the worst winter on record for ages and on January the 2nd we started filming at Land's End cold so that meant January the 1st, we both set up from our respective homes in Cumbria and Newcastle, and we met in Bristol for an overnight. And it was just, I can remember that night, I was lying in the bottom of a shower tray trying to warm up. And we went for a curry, didn't we, King? And we were both absolutely wrecked. And then suddenly realised that, you know, the SAF isn't all that small, really. And it's a long (laughs) way from Bristol to Cornwall the next day. And then we were up on a trawler first thing at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, God. Hardcore. But then, well, we had to ride the bikes back as well at some point. So the crew go home in their air-conditioned doodars. Oh, oh man. Well, was... if you must pick that mode of transport, the hairy drivers doesn't sound quite as good, does it, with a car with a roof. So while you've got the bikes, I always look in the summer, you must be so hot in those leathers. And in the winter, you must be so cold against the elements. I, I have yet to see the joy. <laughs> oh, no, no. In the summer, you don't... Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, I mean, you just don't know, Tash. It's joyous. It's absolutely joyous. It's great. Oh, it's uh, it, you know. great feeling. Oh, it's yeah. just wonderful, man. Yeah, but I think back to the back to the point, I think she's just got to stick her hands up or else the, the, you can't say, you know, you know, the, the dog ate my homework, really. It's what's caused the dents and knocked a bike over in a garage. You know, it doesn't work, does it? No. Shall I give her some confidence? Because I did, for a split second, when that tree jumped out at me, I did for a split second think, how do I cover this one up? I didn't look at it for a, you know, a good five, ten minutes because I was too scared to see it. I thought it might disappear if I didn't look at the dent. The noise had implied the dent wouldn't be small. Um, but I then, I then decided, just tell him. So I texted him immediately and when I've totally messed up. I'm so sorry. I have stuck a dent in the back of the car. I've not looked at it yet. But I am sorry. I just thought I'd say sorry straight away and give my husband his dues. I wasn't expecting a rant. He went, as long as you're both okay, we'll sort it out. It's not the end of the world. Oh, oh So that is the nice side of it. And if you, at the end of the day, if this husband, Rose's husband, can just, if she puts her hands up and go, I'm sorry, I will fix it. Accidents happen. I'll sort it out. She'll go, but I'm still here. Isn't that the bonus? <laughs> or maybe he won't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, stick your hands up. Well, it looks like the advice that we've got then for Rose is that you just have to put your hands up, Rose. You're not going to get away with it. I'm sorry. No, you're not going to get away with it because he's going to go on on a Saturday, polish it and go, what the hell happened here? Mm-hmm. You know, he is. Yeah, somebody said to me once, that if you do something wrong, apologise once, really mean it, but just do it once mm-hmm. because if you keep going on, it, it just escalates things. But you just have to stick your hands up, do it once and mean it. And yeah. then you've you've transferred it over to the other person to, you know, it's on to them, isn't it? Yeah. Do you not think you might notice the car has got a bit of a, a dent on it, or do you think the car's come unscathed and it's only the bike that's got damaged? I'm worried about the garage door myself. You know, I mean, they're expensive, then. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony, uncle's a line. Our next problem is called tattoo or not tattoo. For this, we need another 
female name, uh, but we'll spare Grumpy Tash. We'll ask mm. Uncle Sai for a female name on this one, please. Uh, Felicity. Felicity writes, Hello, hairy uncles and posh Tash. I'm in a dilemma and I need your help. During lockdown, I started doing a part-time online degree in criminology with the view of being a detective. My inner Sherlock Holmes was calling. But about eight months ago, I got offered my dream position of becoming a body piercer and tattoo artist, which I took up and can now stab people legally until my heart is content. Oh, great. <laughs> However, I'm still in the midst of my six-year degree, which costs more than my mortgage payments every month and, and takes up a large amount of my time when I'm not working. My boyfriend insists I should finish my degree, of which I still have four years to go. He seems to think that without it, my career prospects are very limited if my current job doesn't work out. Whereas I want to sack off the degree, use the money saved to go on a nice holiday and enjoy the spare time it would allow me. Please help us to settle this from an outsider's view. I've been a huge fan of the bikers since I was a wee one and I've managed to get great advice from Cy and Dave when they've been over to visit during the TT, says our correspondent over to you i wonder why it's taking six years to do a degree it must be like a part-time thing or, yeah like an online one, i imagine yeah, or so university. On, on, online degree in criminology so i guess it'll be oh, wow university. well I mean, that's yeah. pretty good I, i'm just wondering about what the crack is who needs a detective well we need detectives to catch the bad people it's going to be the person who kind of you know like silent witness that that, that solves the crime and criminology and you know like cracker that, that used to out, out psych the criminals and all criminals, criminals. <laughs> and, um, you know, no, it's a noble profession. But if life throws you a curved ball and you're enjoying your piercing, your tattoo, and you're making a good living, it may take over. Yeah, uh, I, I, my thinking, I'm, that's not great. I think life is very short, grab every day, live every day like it's your last kind of mentality, not always easy. And are the thought of six years hard work uh, when you may not use it after all, when she's found her vocation in her piercing and it's a lot of money, then I'm wondering whether she's happy. She's wanted to be a tattoo artist. She's clearly doing very well. It may not earn her a fortune, but she saves the money and not spending on the criminology. And I would live life to the full, personally. I think I would put six years aside, personally, and live. Well, she's only got four, you see, haven't she? Four left, yeah. Four left. True. Mm. Oh, God, it's quite hard, and I know that, isn't it? Yeah, I know the OU degree as well. It counts for an awful lot yeah. in terms of any of job. Because I think any employer, you know, the OU degree, I think more than a lot, shows so much commitment. Yes. And it's so much hard work. And I, I do think that has a huge validity, no matter what you do in life. You know, it's mm -hmm. a fantastic achievement. True. Um, and I know somebody who's, who's been down that path. And it, it's stood in good stead, you know, for, for, for life. Um, I think that's what you fancy doing, really. I think you're right, though, David. It's the point that even if you've got a just a degree, whether it's criminology, geography, or, or whatever, having a degree is something great to put on your CV and can open numerous doors. She might not have to be a detective, so she could be anything. She could study the history of, of why crimes happened or the mentality behind it. And there are numerous jobs out there. I suppose if you're just a tattoo artist, you're only ever going to be a tattoo artist. But this degree could open doors left, right, and centre. Sure. I think as well, it shows a level of academic discipline, doesn't it, as well? And sure. particularly with Open University, because you have to, you, you know, you have to arrange your life around it. It's quite remarkable, really, um, that that particular achievement, as Dave was saying. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. 
I'm kind of a bit on the fence with this one, really. I'm not Mm. entirely sure what advice I would give. I I absolutely get what you're saying, but I also get that, you know, it's very, yeah, it's kind of quite important, I'd agree. And if she's two years into it and she's done all that work, and I know it's costing some money, God, it's tough. Don't know. Ah. You see, see, I think, Kingy, we're, we're speaking from the point of view as well. We've got to remember is that we're two men who, approaching a certain age, binned our careers mm. and did what we wanted to for shits and giggles. And we're lucky it's worked out. <laughs> but, mm. we, you know, we, it, wasn't really, it wasn't really the common sense approach at the time. Um, you know, we, we, we took a, we winged it. Well, we didn't, we took a chance. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, it's funny. People who are tattooists, the ones that I know, very very briefly, they all seem very happy and content in their jobs. It seems to be one of those jobs that people stick at and grow, you know, um, whether yeah. you like tattoos or not. I think it's a fact, you know, people seem to really get into it. She's clearly not convinced. And I often think the things you have to think about and deliberate over clearly might not be right. So she's she's almost looking for a reason to stick at it because if she really mm. wanted to give it up it's easier to give up than to start if you think about it in life so she's would have given up going oh, I don't really care about that I'm a tattoo artist now oh, I've been it I need the cash but she can't quite do it which means because we're having a discussion she shouldn't give it up she should stick at it uh, yeah but you see the thing is that that would be okay if you lived in a utopian bubble but there's <laughs> one thing in life that definitely never changes and it's and it's an absolute constant through everybody's existence, and that is uncertainty. You just sometimes flip and don't know. True. So, ah, uh, yeah. But yeah. when you don't know, quite often the the sensible thing to do is to do nothing and just yeah. let things go on. Maybe say, look, in twelve months I'll review the situation. But meantime, shoot and fit a holiday in. You know, with the internet and everything, you do your you. You know, when you when you're away. Um, but if you're undecided, why not just give yourself some more time? We've got another four years, then, you know, three years is your halfway point. Then make a decision then. Well, if you're down, if you're down, down now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email, send an email to the agony uncles. Okay, it's time to head to Confidential Corner. And this one is called My Boozy Best Friend. And we need for this two ladies' names. Uh, so Uncle Si, uh, a lady's name, and Uncle Dave, a lady's name from you as well, please. Kathy. Kathy. Sue. Right. So Kathy has written this and she's writing about her friend Sue. It goes like this. Kathy says, This is a friends issue. I'm part of a group of friends of which three of us ladies have been especially close over the years. We've all been through several relationships, divorces, etc., have always been there for each other. However, one of us, Sue, is in a newish relationship. It's been less than a year. She says she's really happy. However, I have to say it's causing the rest of us quite a lot of hassle. Sue's new partner likes a drink. Now, he's okay. She's crazy about him, but he's nothing much to write home about. However, she started drinking too. And if we're out, either with or without him, the drink takes hold and she starts to behave in a way that isn't very friendly. Sue will easily knock back a bottle of wine in the first hour. And once she's feeling loose... She has no qualms in telling me and my friend what's wrong with our lives, she'll slag off our partners, all the things we've done, and an evening out with her now is quite uncomfortable. I'm having to consider making a choice here of whether or not to say anything to her, 
talk to her about how we're feeling and how it's very difficult to be with her when she's been drinking or to just forget her friendship for the time being and avoid her. I know it's not up to me what choices she makes. However, I'm worried about her. And the problem is that if I speak to her about this, I'm pretty sure she'll get defensive and it won't end well. But then if I just leave the friendship, it feels like I'm being a coward. I really don't know what to do for the best. Any ideas? Asks Cathy. Over to you. I just think she has to have the conversation because clearly over the years they've been an invested invested in a friendship and you just have to have the conversation. As uncomfortable as it may be, you just got to have it. I think yeah. surely, surely. Wouldn't you she agree? Be, yeah, she needs to be told she's drinking too much. Yeah. And obviously, you know, whenever she's, you know, whenever she gets drunk, she gets abusive and it's hurting people. And, and if it's the fella that she's with now that's instigating, then she needs to think really what path they're both on. Um, you know, is that enabling thing? You know, we, you know, I, I mean, we're different now. There used to be a time when we were blokes, you know, me and you, Kingy, we'd, we'd yeah. kind of like, but Absolutely. we were never, never, we were always quite happy drunks, actually. Oh, but, yeah. But we were kind of like, one of us would have a drink and it'd be, just have another. Yeah, go on, we'll have another. And, um, and you know, you, you end up kind of quite piddled and quite, but we were always quite happy. Um, but but there again, you know, things change as you get older and work gets in the way, so don't do it so much, really. And, and, and within your relationship, you're trying to find common ground, aren't you, constantly? So you're kind of just, you're, you're, you know, and you're, you're getting into, I wonder if they live together or anything like that. Doesn't say. It doesn't say. Why doesn't the group of friends take her out for lunch or something like that or a cup of coffee or a, in a cafe or something where there's no booze and just go, look, we're just, this is how we're feeling and this is what we're saying and we love you and we care about you. So why... We just we just felt we needed to, we needed to say something. Yeah, but it's they, kind of they mustn't start slagging off a new partner. No, absolutely you see, not. That, that's something when it, if everybody gets round and it becomes a a, a festival like that, that's no. not going to achieve anything. It's about the lady. Yeah. It's about Kathy. It's about Kathy. Yeah, absolutely not. Because mm. there's no point. The thing is that if the, what there's no point in doing that. If there's some, if there's a. If if they're in, you know clearly that 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 they're in a relationship, but it's it's cause and effect, isn't it? If she's drinking loads, then with him and and it's it's becoming that sort of drinking culture, and she kind of handle that drink, and it's getting a bit of it's getting a bit much for the girls. It just sounds like they need the conversation, really. As 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 quite as uncomfortable as that might be, I think they need the conversation. Yeah, she sounds in a bit of a black hole, really. Yeah, a bit of a pickle, doesn't she's she? She's torn, isn't she? Yeah. Between her friends and the drink and the relationship. And obviously, maybe she feels as though she has to drink to keep up with a new boyfriend. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, that common ground yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. You're always trying to find that in a new relationship. You're always trying to go, oh, um, what, right, okay, well, oh, well, that bit works. And, oh, well, I can, you know, that loosens me up a little bit and I can say what I like there. And, I can do, you know, it's just like, yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, it's what we always say on on the agony uncles. It's about conversation, isn't it? Mm. It's funny, isn't it? How, how how drink, you know, can creep up and become like a, an everyday normality. Yeah. I know during lockdown, you know, by God, me and, me and Lil were drinking so much. You know, it wasn't a question of the, the bottles of wine; it was the cases of wine. But you have a gin and tonic to start with, and it's funny how it crept up, and you got you get used to wake up and feel dreadful. Um, but you know, I suppose like her new boyfriend, he's he's been like that for ages. Right. She's new to this, but she seems to have 
had to embrace it, really. Sounds like it's a bit much for her. If she's jeopardising her friendships around that, she's got to see that actually, you know, it's not the healthiest. And I'm sure she's not the first person to sell out to her heart and someone she's trying to be attractive to. But, you know, it's, yeah, I think, as you said, size sitting down, her friends need to sit her down and just go, you know, you're not the, not the Sue we all love and have loved for years. And we wouldn't be good friends if we didn't say this to you. And, you know, and, and that's then her choice of what mm. she decides to do. And I think that that's the problem, you know, because in situations like that, it it is you, you do need quite a lot of courage. But if there's if if there's not just one of you that's saying it, and you and you don't have to go in mob handed, you can be really quite gentle with it, you know. You just you just have to point mm. stuff out, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know a couple, and it was funny. She she was a a really addicted smoker. You know, you know, you get some people who smoke and. It's kind of take it or leave it. She was absolutely obsessive. You know, nicotine ruled her life. And it's funny, her new boyfriend, he ended up smoking to keep her company because there was always this thing of having to go outside restaurants, go outside pubs. And he became a different person just to try and, and smoking, obviously damaging himself, just to keep her happy. And obviously when they split up, you know, he, he managed to give up the ciggies. But um, yeah. it's kind of a similar thing, really, isn't it, of, of changing yourself to fit in with somebody else's pattern like that, even if it's just Yeah, it's, it's one of the things, isn't there, supporting your other half mm. because he plays a, a team sport and you go and support his team with him. And there's another thing to damaging your own health because you think you've got to be with them. I mean, yeah, it's, that's a big cavern between the two, and I'm not sure one is as loyal as the other, really. Yes, give up the drink and buy an air fryer. Eat more chips. <laughs> if your life's in a mess, then the email address is theagonyuncles at theherrybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening to us on the Agony Uncles podcast, the hairiest podcast on the planet. Remember to email us your problems to agonyuncles at theherrybikers.co.uk. And while you do that, uh, let me remind you that there'll be a new episode of The Agony Uncles every Friday. So just follow and subscribe to make sure you don't miss us. Because you wouldn't want to do that now, would you? No. So from Posh Tash. Bye. The Thin White Duke. A good goodbye. And from us. ta Yeah, bye-bye. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.